Hi, my name is Jana Metzger. Welcome to the Gospel House. Our mission here at the Gospel House is to show the world that the gospel of Jesus Christ is enough. That in the gospel, we can find all of our deepest needs met as the entire church responds to and applies the implications of the gospel. We would love to show it with you. Check out our website, www.thegospel.house, where you can learn more about us, find out how to connect with us, ask questions, see when and where our next meeting is, and give to help advance the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Special Sunday. Um, Today, uh, my good friend, Ryan O'Connor, is going to be preaching. Uh, Those of you around the Gospel House, you've seen Ryan around. Um, But uh, Ryan, I, I chose this day specifically for Ryan because his favorite holiday of all of the holidays, Christmas, Easter, is Reformation Day. And that is right around the corner. If you've never heard of Reformation Day, you can go home and look it up, Google it. Um, It's a way better holiday than Halloween. Uh, So that's what we actually celebrate on Halloween is Reformation Day, not Halloween. So uh, being that it is almost Reformation Day, I figured who better to preach than Ryan O'Connor. So Ryan is going to bring the word today. Uh, I'm very excited. I got a sneak peek about or from the sermon. I think you're all going to love it. It is a great gospel-centered message. So I'm going to shut up and let you take it away. All right. Thank you. There you go. (laughs) All right. Well, good morning. Uh, This is my first time preaching, so I practice at home a lot. I won't be interrupted every five seconds with screaming children, so that's good. Um, Let's start off in prayer. God, thank you for this opportunity for me to present the word. Let me speak clearly and glorify your testimony. Amen. All right, so we're going to start off today, our first scripture reading here. If I can work this, all right. It's going to be Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 through 14. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood. He entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled, sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So today I want to talk about one of my favorite subjects in scripture, and something Jeremy touched on a few weeks ago, and that is the pictures and foreshadowing of Christ in the Old Testament. We see this many times in the Old Testament, from Genesis, where the seed of Mary will bruise the head of the serpent, to Abraham being promised a lamb for sacrifice instead of his son, which, by the way, if you read Genesis 22, you'll notice that God promises a lamb But does anyone remember what was actually sacrificed? It was a ram. A ram was caught in the bushes. So it's just one of those little moments looking in the future. 
of what will happen. Indeed, on the road to Emmaus, Jesus talked to his disciples that, and taught them that all of the Old Testament, both the Law and the Prophets, were about him. So today I wanted to focus on the Old Testament sacrificial system, as laid out in Leviticus, on atonement, the role of the high priest, and how Christ fulfills that role, and today stands as our high priest. Much of this is explained in the book of Hebrews. However, the author of the book of Hebrews assumes that the reader has a solid understanding of the book of Leviticus. In other words, to understand the book of Hebrews, you need to understand the book of Leviticus. However, I'm sure everyone can relate that most Bible in a year plans die at the book of Leviticus. <laughs> Making the book of Hebrews, unfortunately, a closed book for most Christians. You need to understand the concept of the tabernacle, the role of the high priest, the sacrifices, the veil, what the Holy of Holies is, the ark, and the sprinkling of the blood upon the mercy seat. So let's go back to Leviticus and talk for a moment about the purpose of the sacrificial system, atonement. So what is atonement? It means to cover over to make it so that your sins would be covered from God's judgment. The Old Covenant people had to make atonement because God is just, and the punishment of sin is death. God cannot let anyone just off the hook. Imagine a judge telling a convicted murderer that he loves you, so you're free. That would not be a just judge. Something or someone must pay the price. And thank God that Christ paid that price for us. So God made a way to cover the sins of his people from his judgment so they may live. In place of the death of sinners, an animal would be brought, its blood would be spilled. The life of the animal, is that the rapture? <laughs> this is it. <laughs> the life of an animal for the life of a sinner as a great example of substitutionary atonement. But why blood? Why not just plants or at least something less messy? Well, we read in Hebrews 9:22, and according to the law, one may almost say, all things are cleansed with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And again in Leviticus 17:11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood by reason of the life that makes atonement. The life was specifically given to us by God for use, for use in atonement. The sacrifice also had to be unblemished and in good health. You couldn't just take a cow or that was on its last legs and bring it to the temple. So it's not an acceptable sacrifice. You had to pay an actual price for your sin. Imagine if every time you sinned, you had to bring a check into church. I would be broke. What if you weren't wealthy and didn't have a bull, let's say? Well, in Leviticus, you see many types of acceptable sacrifices, all the way even to birds. God is so gracious to provide a means for atonement, no matter what the person's means or wealth is. 
And these were just the sins that you knew you committed. What about all those sins you unintentionally or didn't even know you committed? That's what the day of Yom Kippur was for, or the Day of Atonement. It was a day once a year when all the congregation of Israel would gather around the temple, and the high priest would atone for all the sins of all the people of Israel. So how are these sacrifices going to be accomplished? Well, I have a nice artist rendition here of a tabernacle. So Jeremy talked about a few weeks ago back in Exodus. Moses told God that they, the Jewish people weren't going anywhere without him. So God gave instructions to them at the very end of Exodus to build the tabernacle and the rituals that would be needed for the Lord to be with his people. Because in the center of this tabernacle would hold something that hasn't been seen on earth since the garden, the physical presence of God himself. God would reside with the ark in the center of the tabernacle in a place called the Holy of Holies. And this Holy of Holies would be the Ark of the Covenant. Yes, the very same Ark from Indiana Jones. That ark contains the written down law on stone tablets, and on top of the ark was a lid, which was called the mercy seat. This section would be separated from the larger part of the tabernacle, called the tent of meeting by the veil. Now the veil was a large piece of fabric hung in between that not only physically separated men from God, but also spiritually. And only the high priest could enter that veil, and only once a year, during the Day of Atonement. So now the Jewish people couldn't move the camp if God's presence was with them. They would have to wait for God to lead them away so they could tear, go through the veil and tear down camp and follow him. So now let's imagine ourselves here in Leviticus as part of the Jewish people. The first day of atonement is here. It's time for Aaron and the high priests to start the ceremony with his sons. The preparation is made the priesthood established. And this is it. God is here among us. He rules. The rituals are here. It's established. And we can begin the atonement. Everything's going well. Then Aaron's sons decide to worship man's way instead of God's way. They offer what the Bible calls strange fire. And in front of the congregation, Aaron's sons are consumed by God's holy fire. You don't see consolation from God here, only a reminder of what they're doing isn't to be taken lightly. In Leviticus 10, verse 3, it says, And Moses said to Aaron, It is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who draw near to me, I will be treated as holy, and before all the people, I will be honored. So Aaron therefore kept silent. So can you imagine Aaron and his sons getting ready for the ritual, getting prepared to enter the Holy of Holies through the veil. And Aaron's sons are consumed by fire because they decided to do something their way. And what can Aaron do? He's already been consecrated for this moment. And Moses tells him, be silent and continue on. But before a high priest can enter through the veil, there are several rituals he must complete. First, he needs to atone for himself because he also is a sinner. He would wear bells on his garments, and some traditions say a rope around his waist in case 
he too failed, the other priest could pull his dead body out of the tent. This is serious business. You're entering into the very presence of God himself. In Leviticus 16, 17, it says, When he goes in to make atonement in the holy place, no one shall be in the tent of meeting until he comes out, that he may make atonement for himself, for his household, and for all the assembly of Israel. Notice the congregation leaves the whole tent area. It's, it's almost as if this is too solemn, too dangerous to be around. Imagine the silence. These people just saw Aaron's sons consumed by fire for doing something incorrectly. The anxiety of wondering if this is going to work, your salvation depends on Aaron's diligence. Otherwise, your sins will be counted against you. He would sacrifice a goat and pour its blood into a bowl and bring the bowl with him through the veil. The only sounds would be the bells on his garment. The warmth of the blood on the bowl in his hands, he would dip his fingers into it and in the presence of God, sprinkle that blood upon the mercy seat to make atonement for the, himself and the people who gathered. How did it feel to enter that veil for the first time? The solemnity of it, the seriousness of it, but how did it feel to enter the 20th time? Do you think the high priest ever thought to himself, God, how long must we do this? How long, year after year, do I need to keep coming in here and make atonement? Perhaps he sees some blood left on the ark from last year. A reminder that this is not a permanent solution, that the prophets speak of a time that the people's inequities will never be counted against them but it's a hope that you and your people will probably never see in their lifetime. So there it is. The atonement's a success. They follow, we followed all the rules. God is pleased and has covered our sins, at least for a time. Because there's a problem. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 3 and 4, it says, But in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sin year by year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. People keep sinning, and so the sacrifices must continue. Year after year, the high priest continues on. The reminder of their sins weighing heavy on their hearts. The high priest would serve for life, but of course would eventually die. And yes, that office would be passed on to his son and his sons. But what a loss for the people of Israel. Uh, borrowing from a sermon from Charles Spurgeon, he says, he talks about what a trage tragedy for the people of Israel. Imagine pouring out your soul into a high priest for 20, 30 years. The priest knows all your sins, all your family's secrets, just to have him die. Could you bear to repeat that process again with his son? So what was the purpose? An endless chain of sacrifices that could not and were never designed to take away the sins of the people, but merely to cover over them for a time. The key here is that the priests and the people of the day lived by faith. Faith in the promise given to them by the prophets 
and they continued to obey God. It was a promise that one day there would come a time that sin would be put away with, not temporarily, but forever. Now let's fast forward 1,300 years. Jesus is here, and he's coming to become not just the sacrifice, but the one to present it before the Father. He is the new high priest of the new covenant. So in Hebrews 9, 11 through 12, we read again, Christ appeared as a high priest for the good things to come. He entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this creation, not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, he entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And now that we've talked through Leviticus, doesn't this make more sense? If you had never known about Leviticus, you might not understand what an amazing thing it is to enter through the greater and more perfect tabernacle as Jesus did. We see Jesus performing the same rituals as the old high priest. We see the tabernacle, the mercy seat, the ark, the sacrifices were all copies of their real form that are in heaven right now. And through his perfect sacrifice, all the sins of all his people would not just be covered from the wrath of God for a time, but the wrath of God would be emptied, expended into this sacrifice to secure for each and every one of us perfect redemption. When Christ was hung on that cross, he said, it is finished. He spoke of many things, but one of the things was a sacrificial system. It's over. The lamb that was promised to Abraham on that very same mountain is finally provided. And not only that, but something amazing happens at the moment of his death. In Mark and Luke, you read, when Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. That very veil that separated men from God for years on end was torn in two, showing that not only was Jesus' sacrifice presented before the Father, but more importantly, that his sacrifice was accepted. And those laws that were once written in stone in the ark are now written on our hearts. The relationship between God and man remade in the perfect sacrifice of Christ. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9, he says, Behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first in order to establish the second. By this we will have, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Every priest stands daily ministering and offering time after time the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But he, having offered one sacrifice for sin for all time, sat down at the right hand of the Father, or of God, it says. But notice one thing. The high priest, when he went into the Holy of Holies, there was no place to sit, no place to make himself comfortable in the presence of God. Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father. And he's waiting from that time onward until, he's en until his enemies be made a footstool of his feet. 
For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws upon their heart, and on their mind I will write them. And their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. No more sacrifices for sin. No more coming back to the temple year after year to an imperfect system that could never remove your sins forever. No more putting your trust and pouring out your soul in an imperfect man who would eventually die. It is finished. The new age has come. In this transition, Paul explains in Galatians that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Christ Jesus is the blessing of Abraham. He is the promise. And we have received that promise through faith. In Romans 3.23, says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. The word propitiation there is a Greek word, halastrion, which also means place of propitiation. It can also mean mercy seat. It's just another confirmation of what we already talked about, that the blood of Jesus was poured out as a perfect sacrifice in front of the Father on the mercy seat in heaven. Paul goes on to explain that he talks about how God was not just the God of the Jews, God of the Gentiles also, unchanging. It has always been about faith. The people of the Old Testament were justified by faith in God through their sacrifice and faith in the promise to come. And we are justified by the faith of the promise that has come, Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and since we have a greater priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This verse is a perfect summation of what we talked about today. Not only did Jesus cross into the veil, and enter the holy place, but we as Christians, with the Holy Spirit inside of us, can also enter the holy place. 
through the blood of Christ. Let's do what is commanded of us and hold fast to that. We have full assurance of Jesus' sacrifice. We can approach boldly into God's presence because he already dwells within us. Think of how much the Jewish people would have loved to be in God's physical presence at any time. But only one person once a year had that honor. Christian, do not neglect what those people of old did through faith and obedience to carry out God's plan. Don't neglect that you have full access to God in his presence. Seek it out and encourage others to do the same. Offer up sacrifices that are pleasing to God. In Hebrews 13, chapter 13, verses 15 through 16, it says, Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name, and do not neglect doing good and sharing, for with such sacrifices... God is pleased. Let's pray. God, thank you for the perfect sacrifice of Christ. Thank you for us not having to worry if you'll fail in your duties. To worry if one day you'll be gone and we'll have to start over anew. God, thank you for perfect access to you through your son, Jesus Christ. And work in our hearts so that we approach you more often than we do now. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Gospel House podcast. We pray that you were pointed to Jesus and will apply what you learn to look more like him each and every day. If you found today's message impactful, do us a favor and hit the follow button. Leave us a rating and write up a review to help others find our podcast. You can also help us by sharing the podcast so that together we can show the world that the gospel of Jesus Christ is enough. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Head to our website, www.thegospel.house connect. Fill out the form and someone from our Gospel House family will connect with you. God bless you and remember, the gospel of Jesus Christ is always enough.